0: Ties and Fights Podcast is the perfect wrestling podcast. Ties and Fights Podcast. Ties and Fights.
1: To everything turn, turn, turn. There is a season, turn turn, 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 and a time to every purpose. Kevin Owens, a time to turn, a time to power bomb people into the apron, a time to pick them up and put them through tables, a time to scream and name yourself after your child. Welcome to Tights and Fights, the show that discusses wrestling with the sincerity and hilarity that it deserves. I'm Diamond Dallas Page. Bang! Dang. Hal Loveland, and I'm joined today by my fellow member of the Nation of Conversation, Dan Dan Radelow. <laughs> Danielle Radford.
2: Uh, I didn't know if you were going to get that at first. I didn't know if I was going to get that at first. Uh, that's great. Good good
1: work, Julian, as always. Davis, no, though. This is my first time back in what feels like eight weeks.
2: You've been a busy little wee.
1: I've been busy, by which mm-hmm. I mean trapped in a depression that is almost impossible to escape, but I'm here. I've shaved my scraggly beard off to face myself in the mirror. That's a step. Uh,
2: hey, also, if you ever want to just DM me, we can talk about dep- depression <laughs> strategies, my friend. We're uh-huh. going to
1: have a conversation.
2: You fucking let me know. Bipolar yeah. rock and roll
1: <laughs> But it's nice to get back into the swing of watching wrestling. Mm-hmm. I've, I've made it through Raw and SmackDown and most of NXT. And that is as far as I got. Mm -hmm. in a week which is not bad
2: that's not bad that's a lot of wrestling since Lindsay isn't here today I have to like I took notes Mm -hmm. because I can't I was telling them before we went on air Like I can't do my normal thing where like she says something really smart and Hal says something really smart and then I come in with just a dumb joke. I have to actually be smart Mm -hmm. this week. Lindsay, we miss you. We're glad that your tour is happening. We're very proud of her book. Please, please, please go grab that. I think she's in Scotland now Mm. uh, doing a bunch of book tour stuff, which is great. And we're very proud of her. But yeah, On a Night Like This is available and you can buy it because it's a book.
1: Yes, please support Lindsay.
2: I don't know if it's available in the U.S. or Canada yet, but it's definitely available across the pond. Look,
1: if it's not available in the country where you are, consult the dark web.
2: <laughs> or pre-order it. Pre-orders like are, are great for books and video games and all that stuff. Support the people that you love.
1: I swear we're going to talk about wrestling uh, for a second. And I'm sure I could tie okay. this in if I if I worked my brain hard enough. But I believe today in. is Disney Plus Day. Being ha. the two-year anniversary of Disney's release, and they've they put out a bunch of sizzle reels for upcoming projects. Mm-hmm. So if you have Disney Plus, you should watch the Marvel preview, which broke me down into tears twice, and the Willow preview, which is adorable because it's just Warwick Davis talking to the new cast, none of whom are old enough to have been alive when Willow was released in theaters. Nope. So good, so good. But it has been a very busy week in wrestling. AEW has an event this Saturday. Mm-hmm. Full, full gear.
2: Yep, yep, full gear.
1: We're getting ready for full gear. We're on the road.
2: Which is named after uh, Hangman Page. Uh, Do you know the story about that, right? Tell me. So I'm going to mess this up and I'm not going to get all the points right. But essentially, (laughs) Hangman was like getting ready and he felt like he was not in shape um, to get ready for a, a pay per view or something that he was doing, mm-hmm. and so he was like, "Well, we're going full gear, and full gear means that like we're gonna all together get in shape together."
1: Oh, how nice!
2: Yeah, it was nice. Everybody's I believe favorite. that's what I know that that definitely happened. I believe that is where the source of full gear came from. But yeah, it mm-hmm. was with like the the heart of, um, hey. Like, we're all going to do this together and we're all going to, like, exercise and get our brains right and blah, blah, blah.
1: There's a lot to like in AEW. I know we give them a hard time, but there is a lot to like there. And we're not an anti-AEW podcast. We are going to have a conversation about Tony Khan in a little bit. But oh, we have uh, to... let's start right. with WWE and the slate of firings that happened last week. I'm going to give you Woof. some names. Keith Lee, Mia Yim, Karrion Cross and Scarlett, Eva Marie, Ember Moon, Nia Jax, Oni Lorkin, and others fired due to, quote-unquote, budget cuts, which may be, quote-unquote, a money issue, may be, quote-unquote, not vaccinated, may be, quote-unquote, who you pick. You pick, you pick what the issue is. It is weird to, to see people defend themselves, like Nia did, without ever once saying, like, yeah, I'm unvaccinated, but so what?
2: She, uh, Aaron Rodgers did. For
1: sure yeah she'll be on pat mcafee next week
2: <laughs> yeah like not not gonna say whether or not i am but well and i will say this so in her statement she mentioned that she took time off for mental health reasons which mm-hmm. i completely 100 get um i have done that before if her side of the story is true and the reason that they let her go was because she wanted a more extended absence because of her mental health issues well that's just straight up fucked up if it's because she's unvaxxed girl you gotta do what the company says i'm sorry like that's your jobby job and i don't enjoy people getting fired Mm -hmm. um i like everyone to keep their jobs sure but the thing is to perform in a lot of these cities you have to be vaccinated like you just do Mm-hmm. And so it, it isn't so much even like a like WWE is taking a stance, a moral stance on whether or not you should be vaxxed and who should mm-hmm. be vaccinated. It's always money. And the money part of it is in order to perform in certain cities or to be in arenas in certain cities, large cities, you have to be vaccinated. And that's just it.
1: Yeah. Money is the first stage of leverage used mm-hmm. when you get want to get somebody to do anything, whether it's tariffs in this case, the company has a financial incentive to have everybody vaccinated because it means they get to have them on the card. It means they get to make more money when they go to whatever city. You know, you don't want to go in if Roman reigns were unvaccinated, which maybe he's not I mean, I don't know because he's immunocompromised, but as an example, assuming he were he were someone who was proudly unvaccinated, you couldn't have him on the card in a bunch of cities, right? cities where you make a ton of money.
2: And obviously the live event that we do not talk about on the show mm-hmm. has a lot of restrictions, which is why we don't fucking talk about it. Exactly. Um, but uh, that's different for them because that is their nut for the entire fucking year.
1: Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Carrying Cross is a curious, the curious case of Carrying Cross is going to be my children's <sighs> mystery novel.
2: Ha- that is so interesting because he had such a push Mm -hmm. In uh, NXT, I guess 1.0 is what we're calling it. Although that isn't technically 1.0. Like, I feel like at this point we're at 5.0, but whatever.
1: 1.5.
2: Yeah, they fucked his main roster thing all the way up. And Mm -hmm. then they covered his face in that, like, weird mask. That, like, weird fetish mask. Yeah. And they got rid of Scarlett, who now Scarlett is proudly saying that she is back to being the smoke show. Have you seen the smoke show, Hal? I haven't. So her entire thing back in Impact was I am bringing sexy back to wrestling. Mm -hmm. Like that's her whole deal is like she is a 90s throwback, like a Sable throwback. That is her bag. So she was like, the smoke show is back, blah, blah, blah. And I want to say this because I found it so entertaining. On Twitter, when she got released, she was like, OK, well, you can sign me because like I, NXT, I believe they only have 30 days, not the usual 90 days. Yeah. And so she was like, I'm available. Also, who wants to do a hardcore brawn panties match? I don't even know what that would look like.
1: The bra and panties have tacks on them.
2: Yeah. Like busting each other in the head with like a fluorescent light and then taking your clothes off. I don't know if I like that. Um, but if the women are in charge of it, I trust Something, yeah, I, I'm not. I don't know. The smoke show might not be for me, but it'll be for someone. And what I like most about it is that it is mm-hmm. her choice. But I really don't like
1: it. Is she a heel character as the smoke show because she's portraying a a time where where that is the only way women were were represented in wrestling?
2: Well, I do think she does it because she likes it.
1: But, sure. she but is from also my character a character standpoint, yeah, yeah she's that's, also a heel. Yeah. I don't think for anybody's sure. forcing her to do it. But yeah, she she's. She's manipulating that, and I—I I don't say that in a negative way. Yeah, she's she's choosing to manipulate that for for a character. Great. Yeah. Cool.
2: And she's a hottie with a body. Like I get it.
1: And now she has a uh, she can carry cross can be her valet.
2: <laughs> I mean, I want it. Yeah. Let Let's see. We'll get into some of the other ones. Eva Marie doesn't care even a little. Like, the day that it happened, she was posting her on-set photos of, like, her mm-hmm. with a big gun and being like, well, I'm doing my lead in the, like, my first lead role in a movie, yeah. so...
1: Troma films, and Films, di- just whatever the title is.
2: Didn't even mention it. She just...
1: Okay. Yeah. Ember Moon <sighs> is a very talented wrestler. Mm-hmm. I don't think she ever put it together from a character perspective to the level that she needed to to be, to really succeed and take off in WWE. I think about this a lot. I was watching... I was watching some this morning and it occurred mm-hmm. to me great character work and great mic work can hide deficiencies in your in-ring performance way better than being a great in-ring performer can hide your your character flaws. Because the, the character is really what gets people into it. And you, you can certainly win somebody over over the course of a match storytelling, but there has to be, if there's no character tied to it then you, you will not ultimately be able to hold an audience.
2: Well, first, I mean, I I loved her as Athena on the Indies was great. Mm-hmm. I think that she had moments when she connected and literally every time she did, then she got injured, which is such a bummer Right. because, you know, she had that great run with Asuka and like she had some really good runs, but then every time it would just mm-hmm. be like misfortune after misfortune. Um, and then she just became... Adolf Ziegler, where it was like you knew that you could put her anywhere and she would make everyone look good because she is amazing. But they never really invested in her after that, which is a bummer. But that was another one of those cases where her presentation of being this sort of like Mortal Kombat wolf girl never quite jibed with her on the mic or her personality. Like the like those two things never quite fit. Which is a super bummer because I really, but I do think any promotion that gets her is going to be lucky as fuck. Mm-hmm. And sure. I don't think that she's going to last long without being snapped up by somebody.
1: I know. I don't think so either. It's the, you know what it is? It's that feeling. There are times where, where a performer is matched up with a character. It can take time to find the one that's right for you that you really click with. Mm-hmm. and i think there are times where people just do like stuff they're interested in which is a great place to start because you have right. a connection to it mm-hmm. but there are there are also times where that comes across as larpy uh, i'm not looking down on on larp but that's not necessarily yeah, like right, acting for an audience you're acting for all the other people and you're creating a character for yourself it doesn't matter how great your accent is it doesn't you know it doesn't <laughs> matter about any of that right. so when you're performing for an audience and saying i am the wolf child or whoever and you you can't create the physical or vocal components that match that the audience isn't going to buy it right it doesn't work so you have to try something new like she's always going to have really really good matches mm-hmm. she's always going to be someone that you want to have on your roster i don't think she should have been cut from WWE mm-hmm. i'm more saying i understand why maybe it it never quite worked out there that's just my sort of observation about it and i i don't think that means that she's incapable of finding that character or that, or that moment that unlocks that for her. I barely did. Right,
2: right. And it's the same thing with uh, someone else who was gone way too soon. Frankie Monet in mm. NXT, also yeah. known as Taya Valkyrie. That was another thing where it was like, I was waiting for the presentation of Frankie Monet to match up with the, who I know. Mm-hmm to be what a loca like who i know that person to be in the ring and she was not given a chance for that to happen like they cut her way too soon
1: Mm-mm. but again
2: like she is an in-ring general she is not gonna last long before somebody snaps her up
1: no 100
2: same for keith lee keith lee literally as soon as his contract is up someone is going to snag him i hope naya i don't know she makes a good model and I don't mean that condescendingly, because modeling no. is actually really hard. Taking pictures yeah. uh, is really difficult. Sure. So I don't say that flippantly, but I don't know that she's going to get snapped up as quickly as other people.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I, I've talked enough about like what my how I feel about Naya as a performer. What, why I don't connect with her. You know, I can't say good or bad, right? But I can say I didn't connect, and give you the reasons why. Number one being. I don't think I remember a match of hers where I thought it was really great because of her, like, oh, she really elevated that match. That doesn't mean she couldn't have a good match. But she wasn't the type of wrestler to me who elevated the other person in the ring. I bet you if we went through our list of top five favorite wrestlers, that would be something they all shared in common, was the ability to elevate their opponent. Right. And then again, on the mic, like never, it never quite jibed.
2: I think she was doing good when they had her as Girlberg. But as soon as they did Mm. that weird thing where it was like now about body positivity, it's like we we don't we don't need that, dude. Like just have her be a beast and you never have to be like, oh, everyone's calling me fat. Like, shut up. Her body is her body. Like, why make it about her body? Like, just have her go in there and destroy people. And if they would have kept that up, I think that they would have had something really special.
1: 100%. We did have a lot of wrestling that happened this week as well. That is continuing. I'm enjoying the New Day versus the Bloodline. Mm. I, this is obviously leading up to Survivor Series, which mm-hmm. will feature oh. Big E, assuming he's the champion, against Roman Reigns, assuming he is the champion. I love Xavier Woods and where he's going with the King gimmick. It's so, so great.
2: Kofi is the hand of the King. Like, come <laughs> on. That whole thing is so incredibly good. He's got that new theme music by Mega Ran, who is amazing, and you should check out all of his stuff. And I think it's the first time that Woods has ever had his own music on the main roster. Is that correct? That's wild. Yeah. Yeah, I love all of that. Roman is now just, like, officially a supervillain, where it's just, like everything that goes wrong is his, like, henchman, you know?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a weird combination of Lex Luthor and Kingpin.
2: Yes, exactly. Exactly.
1: Yeah. I'm waiting
2: for him to full-on Skeletor out, you know?
1: <laughs> yeah, so good. I, I really enjoy it. I also, uh, I loved the the five-woman number one contenders match mm-hmm. on Raw. That was won by Liv Morgan. I loved Becky on commentary. I loved her outfit. <laughs> including like those big ass glasses. And I the white person won. Like Liv Morgan, it's time for her to, to it's time to see what she can do in that position.
2: I am so excited to see someone who is not a horsewoman, even though I love them, um, and who wasn't hot shotted from NXT, like to see some of the other people on the card actually get a chance to shine. That's amazing. And it's about time. And it gives me hope. And hopefully it gives the other women on the roster hope that like you don't have to have come and been really popular from somewhere else. You don't have to be one of the four horsewomen. You don't have to be related to anybody right. to be able to have your shot to get a title shot and show people what you could actually do with it. That's amazing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I also love the, and I'm going to talk a little bit more about this in the three count, but I loved how the storyline is developing with Naomi and Sonya Deville. Mm. It's not Austin versus McMahon, Mm-mm. but it's the same spirit. And right. that spirit will always, that type of storyline, that trope will always work. It will always work if you, if you execute it properly.
2: We always want to see authority taken down. Period. That's always going to be who we are as a people, especially Americans, um, which is funny because, man, we just cannot wait to fillet the boss in real life. But in fake life, we really like to watch the boss get hit. And Sonya Deville is just hitting for me on every level. Her presentation, her mic work, all of the stuff that they're doing with her. It's just really, really working for me. I love her as a heel. I love how antagonistic she is. I think that a lot of the stuff, I don't know if it's coming from her or coming from writers. Either mm-hmm. way, it's delivered very naturally. And it's incredibly, I think it's very clever for the kind of role that they're having or do. Because normally that kind of like make a wrestler, the GM or the person in charge is so fucking boring. Like who fucking cares? Mm-hmm. And the last time I think I was this invested for when they did that was when they put AJ in charge. Not uh, country boy AJ. Um, AJ Lee. <laughs>
1: We do have full gear coming up. We talked about mm-hmm. that. And Lindsay's not here, which mm-hmm. means I may have to lean on you for the number one segment of wrestling. It's been a while. People are screaming for it. I, people are sliding to my DMs so much that they're dripping. It's just dripping with oil. People sliding in and out all over the place.
2: Oh, like that picture of Finn. Oh, Danielle. Like oh. That
1: picture of Finn. Good Lord. You want, I mean, come yeah, on. We I, have to. Boy, we're really saying the quiet part out loud now. Aren't we like, not <laughs> just cut a hole in there. Finn. <laughs>
2: He's done with the teasing. He's giving us the main event. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, it sure is something. And that's all, because I don't, you know.
1: I think this is a new segment of the show we're going to call Who's Poppin' Peen? And it's not only Finn Balor, but one of the Viking ra- Raiders was poppin' peen so bad they couldn't show him. They had to like cut away to his face a bunch of times. Oh,
2: I missed that. Holy crap. All right.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's oh, a lot of... Uh, I um, Look.
2: Wrestling is just so good <laughs> other than obviously the um the pop and peen segment which i think is gonna have to happen i try not to talk about people's bodies too often but um i i feel like he wants us to so i don't well, i feel like it's very on purpose rosa um mm-hmm. versus dr Britt baker d m d uh reba and jamie hater which was really fun um I, I, Like, Ty Conte and I believe uh, Anna Jay now have, like, matching gear and, like, a theme song. And that's pretty cool. Nice. And it was, you know, it was a good match. Uh, it got as many people in there as possible. But <clears throat> we would be remiss talking about the hottest segment on Tights and Fights.
1: And in podcasting.
2: And in podcasting. If we didn't talk about Tony Khan <clears throat> being a dipshit. Lord, Does AEW have any plans or hopes to contribute, maybe an all-women's event of their own sometime?
1: So, so I'm gonna cut. The, I'm gonna answer, I'm gonna cut off your question right there because I don't think I get enough credit for what I did for the NWA show, because a good number of the people who wrestled on the NWA show were wrestlers I sent and paid, and so I do think I contributed because the highest paid wrestlers on that show were actually the people I paid separately when they already make making AEW to go wrestle on that show and i don't think they did a very good job of telling people that honestly
2: okay so tk tony Mm -hmm. my dude you just do the thing First of all, don't cut off a reporter or a person asking you questions and immediately be like, I'm going to cut you off there. Let them finish their point and let them finish their thing. That's so weird. He is so defensive because he knows that everyone talks about their women division and how little that they are actually like investing in their women's division.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And I do think that it's awesome that he paid the wrestlers that he, like he was paying his people to go over and do that NWA event. I think that's awesome. That's totally great. First of all, that wasn't the question. The question was, would you ever do your own all women event? And, you know, maybe like not put it on um, YouTube for free. Um, So I think that that was the idea. And for him to counter that with, I did something and no one gives me credit for it. You sound, and he did apologize. We have to put that out there. Um, they, they, they talked it out. He apologized. He uh, acknowledged where he was wrong. Uh, And I think we have to acknowledge that he did that. I don't know if that was because he realized how dumb he sounded or if it was because the internet was like, dude, what are you doing? But you just do the thing because it's the right thing to do. Mm -hmm. And yelling at everyone and being like, well, no one gave me enough credit and no one talked about it enough. Like, you just sound like a petulant child, you know? Um, And it doesn't come off well for him. It didn't come off well for... Because, again, he, he shifted the conversation from his own women's division to, well, here's what I did for another company. And I just I don't know. That's so tacky to be like they should have talked more about what I did for them. You know,
1: what do I you continue think, to say I don't know what the strategy and end game is for him and for this company. Look, I'm not an investor. It's not a publicly traded company. There's no reason to share a business plan with me. Just from where I sit, looking at it, you ask my opinion, here it is. I don't know what the hell they're doing. Like, It's fine to build up women's wrestling elsewhere. It's tough to look at that as a total win when you're ignoring them at your own company and relegating them to YouTube. And I do think that is an absolute relegation to send them somewhere that is not tv which is a bigger exposure and a bigger deal even if something on youtube gets more views it's not television
2: cm punk literally literally buried like dark and i think ramp was it rampage like he literally buried it elevation thank you he literally buried it on their own tv show
0: i'll be honest with you st louis i didn't intend to leave without fighting eddie kingston but eddie Again, full gear? A little bit high bar for you. I was thinking something like elevation or dark. Come
2: something on. more your speed. Is he wrong? He's not wrong.
1: You tell me about that six women's tag match, and I think it's great. Where's Jade Cargill? Where's Big Swole? Like where the other amazing there's so many amazing women. Where were
2: the black Rush girls? Yeah, I mean Hashtag like last it, wrestling draws. And it's not
1: that I don't want those six women to wrestle one another. It's that you have more, mm-hmm. you have more, and you're you're dedicating huge swaths of time to these groups of five hundred wrestlers who are all together. I can't keep track of America's top, next top model, and and the inner circle, and then the Dark Order, and Cody's dream brigade and all like I and the like I can't it's too much it's I do I like a
2: faction I'm into it I like a faction
1: and also if there's so many WWE people on that show it's hard not to feel like you know like I'll watch Brian Danielson Daniel Bryan wrestle a mop uh, you know once or twice a week and he's doing great work in AEW.
2: He's doing really good work. Yeah. Like
1: who's he elevating?
2: I will say Punk I think is doing a better job of elevating some of the yeah. uh some of the newer people. And um yeah, that's one of those things where you talk about all of the people who have been let go from WWE and everyone's like go to AEW, go to AEW, go to AEW. That roster's getting full, y'all. They mm-hmm. don't have honestly of all of the people who have been released. The only one that I really want to see move over is Keith Lee. That's the only one that I want to see move over because then you have no excuse to say that you don't have a main event black person because there you are. Plus just who doesn't want to see him throw Adam Cole into more stuff. So I do want to get into something that I thought AEW did right, but also first while we're talking about factions, Hit Row just doesn't work without b I'm sorry. It doesn't work. Yeah. They got rid of her music. They got rid of her everything. They looked sad when they were coming, like they were doing their backstage segment. They looked sad. They. I'm sorry. They don't work without b They've got to figure something out. Do you know what the um, deal
1: was with that, with her?
2: With, I So rumors say, and mm-hmm. again, take this all with a grain of salt. Because Allegedly. this is all just rumors. Yeah. That they didn't realize that she'd been called up with the rest of them, and they didn't think that she was ready for a call-up. That's the rumor.
1: Oh my god, that's a massively, massively incompetent. But also, well, that's I mean, a that's a totally we didn't realize
2: Adam Cole's contract was coming up. Kind of a move where it's yeah. like yeah, you yeah, got yeah, too yeah. many people, yo. If like those are the mistakes you make, and again, that's just a rumor. Who knows? But I do want to say, I hate contract signings. I think they are very stupid. Correct. The Page Omega contract signing was actually pretty entertaining.
1: Yes, um, Could do that they, the blood.
2: I liked their emotional pleas. I liked them talking mm-hmm. to each other. I liked that when you look at the contract, it actually looked like there were words on it and not a blank nah. fucking piece <laughs> of paper. Not yes. like one piece of paper that was just <laughs> blank. But yeah, yeah. So they obviously, like uh, Kenny signed with Paige's blood. Normally, I am not a blood person, mm-hmm. and I think that they go to the blood well too often. Mm-hmm. Ooh, the blood well. That's the name of my punk band. But they signing in blood is kind
1: of fucking punk rock. it is it is like i i thought i don't want to watch it but great little story touch like they know how to handle how to handle that story they've they've done very well with it like Mm -hmm. there's again like i said there's a lot that aew gets right they're just the glaring things that are bad that seem fixable tend to get the conversation because they're so glaringly easy to relatively easy seems like to fix
2: totally what else was good we'll just kind of plow through these Leo Rush and Dante Martin Well, I will watch that every day all day sure. uh, was it Ricochet I had a match with Drew, Drew McIntyre, McIntyre. Yeah. that looked really good and was amazing so good um, Bobby Lashley beat up Dominic someone has to um, and uh, oh and, and and Bobby Fish uh, met the elite boys and they did like a thing where it's undisputed that the elite is the error like whatever and it's like yeah we get it it's the yeah. other company but yeah so that's kind of the rundown for what happened this week. I take notes. I take notes.
1: (laughs) Good job. Of course, there's more quality wrestling around the world than we could ever get to here. Thankfully, you've got a whole bunch of people with wrestling recommendations on our Facebook group. Plus, you can hear more of what we had to say on Twitter, Instagram, and Discord. Links to all of those are in our show notes. When we come back, we're going to give the prize fighter the spotlight. That's up next on Tights and Fights. You're in You're in the theater. The lights go down. You're about to get swept up by the characters and all their little details and interpersonal dramas. You look at them and think, that person is so obviously in love with their best friend. Wait, am I in love with my best friend? That character's mom is so overbearing. Why doesn't she stand up to her? Oh, good God. Do I need to stand up to my own mother? We never know when we'll see ourselves in a movie. But that search for recognition is exactly what we're going to talk about on the podcast Feeling Seen with me, Jordan Cruciola. Each episode, we'll bring in a guest to talk about the films that they see themselves in and also the ways that movies have fallen short. So join me every Thursday for the Feeling Scene podcast here on Maximum Fun or wherever you find your podcasts. Welcome back to Tights and Fights. I'm Hal Lublin, and I'm joined today by
2: Daniel Radford.
1: This week, we're giving one corner of wrestling some extra attention. This is our main event. Let's get ready to Whoa! Whoa! Ah. Holy shit! WWE Dynamite! I hate that!
2: And a hard-fought victory. It's live, Hal.
1: Well, Nye, at least you weren't cut from that segment <laughs> of our show. <laughs> never,
2: never, never will be. Not if I have anything to say about it.
1: Yes. Kevin Owens has been a fixture of WWE programming since his NXT debut in twenty fourteen. And now that he's once again turned heel and has a lot of questions surrounding his contract status, we thought we'd take a look back at the prize fighters run the WWE mm. so far. This guy barrels into NXT mm. first as and immediately we get his betrayal, right? Because he helps Sami Zayn and then turns on him and takes the title from him.
2: That's so beautiful. It's so beautiful. Kevin Owens has been waiting 14 years For this opportunity It is his night to shine Here at Full Sail University
1: Then he shows up And starts wrestling John Cena
2: mm-hmm. And talking mad shit
1: Oh my god Let me make something clear here I've been doing this for 15 years In fact I've been doing this longer than you the only difference between you and i is that i didn't get a break until now so you don't get to give me advice ever you understand me just so good the heel, like i love faith. any any version of kevin owens is going to be intense and fun but absolutely heel kevin owens is a unique treat especially because it extends to twitter yep where he dunks on people on twitter all the time how much have you missed like the true heel, Kevin Owens, because it's been a it's been quite a while.
2: I am happy for anyone when they turn face, because turning face usually means more merchandise sales, right? For more people, so I am happy for that and for his large son Owen. Now, have you seen pictures of fucking Owen? I don't ever want to talk about someone's kid, but that kid grew like a fucking weed. Yeah, um, god damn. And like his cats and all that stuff. So I like, because that used to be the mixture, right? Of him dunking on people on Twitter and then it'd be like, here's my beautiful wife, my lovely family, and my mm-hmm. cats. Here we are at, at Disneyland.
1: Yeah. And zoos. Love zoos.
2: He, and zoos. Oh, he loves a zoo. Yeah. Zoo oh, aficionado. I think zoos and aquariums. Like, oh, yeah. But yeah, I, I love heel Kevin Owens. I loved, again, the way that he came in with the history that he... And a little person who is off in an orphanage, like helping an orphanage in Mexico named uh, El Generico, who never needs to come back, by the way. way. A lot of people have been like, oh, well, maybe one day Sammy will leave and he'll be El Generico again. No, 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 no. He never needs to come back. But, you know, having that established relationship with his buddy, who we never thought would be able to turn heel, but who is like now one of the best heels in the world, That was amazing, and obviously I am on team fight forever, even if They are both faces. It's one of those things where it's like Family Guy and Peter and the Chicken. Like every time they see each other, they just have to start punching. Mm -hmm. Um, I need that (laughs) in my life. Like literally, I would be more than happy if one of these days they did a backstage segment or they did something for Twitter where they just both happen to be in the same restaurant. Like a Waffle House, it would have to be because that's where fights happen. And, And they just start decking each other in a Waffle House. Like, I want it on site at all times. It is, like, one of my favorite um, enduring wrestling feuds because you don't need a reason at this point.
1: No. Mm-hmm. he He's one of those guys who feels like he could fit into multiple eras of wrestling. Absolutely. And he would have been a great fit in the Attitude Era. Mm-hmm. He would have been a, a really good fit before that. Part of that comes from the character the core of the character mm-hmm. being so true to, to some piece of him. And by all accounts, he is a super pleasant guy. What, what impresses me the most about him is that English is not his first language. And it's
2: wild. I keep forgetting about both him and Sammy. I keep forgetting yeah. that English is not their first language because Lord knows, let my black ass try to speak another language. Like, please drop me off in the middle of Quebec and see how well I'm, Poutine? Poutine. And they'll be like, what are you asking for? And I'm like, I'm, that, I'm asking where the bathroom is. Poutine. Yeah. <laughs> um, And so for them to be able to do that. And then, again, you don't even notice it until they start speaking it to each other, which is always such a pleasure. And so yeah. nice.
1: Both of them speak English better than the majority of people who grew up and only speak English.
2: Like so clever and turns of phrases and like mm-hmm. things that as a second language you should not be able to do. Because most people, as a first language, cannot do a turn of phrase the way they do. They are not as clever or as witty as either of these men.
1: Yeah. Now, did you... I was not... Kevin, Kevin Steen, as he was known before he came to WWE, is not somebody mm-hmm. who I was particularly aware of. It's great that he's Kevin Owens because his son is Owen. It's and so his son Owens, Owen is named for Owen Hart, I believe. Yeah, Isn't that correct? I love everything. Yeah. So, loves obviously loves wrestling and loves his family. And it's a great, like, sneaky two-level uh, yeah. reference in his name. But I, I never saw Kevin Steen wrestle, not in Ring of Honor or anywhere else. Were you aware of him before he came to NXT?
2: Oh, yeah. I uh, got to see him a couple of times in PWG when I first moved to LA. Mm-hmm. I think I got to see his last match before he left. One thing about Kevin Owens, you put him in any situation, and he's going to be part of that situation. You saw it in WWE when he would join The New Day. Uh huh. And like, be shaking his hips, and like, dress up with a unicorn horn and all that stuff. So back in the day, he would join the young bucks and have full on young buck gear, like just full on, <laughs> uh, just full on uh, old rocker. Because that's what they were doing. I think one thing that gets lost when you talk about Kevin Owens is how incredibly athletic he is for a big dude. Like. Yeah. And that's one of those things where it's like when I hear people say like, oh, well, big dudes can't wrestle, like big dudes can't move. Look at fucking Keith Lee. Look at fucking uh, fucking Kevin Owens. Like, don't tell me that if you don't want to have it, you can't have it because they have stamina and they are. Kevin Owens is just straight up graceful, beautiful in that ring. Um, gorgeous to look at as far as like he's he's one of my special gazelles. Um Right now, he might be one of, like, he he's in definitely the top ten because um, I moved down my number one special gazelle uh, because he thinks the earth might be flat. I mean, he's just asking questions. Um, but uh, oh, people are always talking about his character work, and yes, you should, because he is one of the strongest in character work in all of wrestling, and that is undisputed. Like, mm-hmm. you, that's not subjective. That is objective. You cannot argue with me on that. But in that ring, he is as graceful as anyone is. And again, that's one of those things where it's like I get mad when people are like, oh, well, big folks can't move. Again, fuck you. Keith Lee, Kevin Owens, Piper Niven, dewdrop, whatever. Um, Mm -hmm. Like folks have stamina and can move. Um, So suck my dick from the back.
1: Correct. We asked the Nation of Conversation to share some of their thoughts on Mm -hmm. Kevin Owens. And Eric Mazolik on Twitter said, I did a birthday shout out for my son on Twitter in 2020, and he was kind enough to reply. He PM'd me personally to ask about him, as his love of wrestling comes from a unique experience. Fast forward to 2021, another birthday shout out, and he PM'd me a birthday video for him.
2: Are you fucking kidding me?
1: It furthers no matter what he does outside of, you know, when when he's in the ring or in character, that he is a dad. Yeah, like that is something a dad a dad does. There are good people who are not parents who would do the same thing, but he in particular feels like the kind of person who knows how big a deal that would be to his children, and so he he's able to provide that for other people's children, which I think is so great.
2: I'm punching my womb right now to remind it that I don't want children. Yeah, stop, stop, stop.
1: We talk about him in character and how great he's in the ring and those moments that he mm-hmm. creates that that make his matches special mm-hmm. and how he. Taps into the moment, not only of of the match he's in, but an entire show. Here's an example of that from Boston Bruins, who shared on Twitter that that they went to a mid-2000s ROH show. There's an in-ring wedding proposal between matches. Later on in the show, Kevin, mid-hardcore match, grabs a mic and addresses his opponent, says, Will you marry me? And he doesn't even wait for an answer, adding, Actually, I fucking hate you, and then proceeds to beat the hell out of him. Oh, he's so
2: good. I have star eyes. I'm sorry. I'm totally like hard-eyeing right now. Uh,
1: here's one from Pat Bear on Twitter who said, I saw Kevin S. Steen lose to Shinsuke Nakamura in New York City during a Ring of Honor New God Japan pro du- during an ROH NJPW event. It was part of his 2014 We All Know I've Signed With WWE Farewell Tour. Mm. Nothing on the line, just a very good wrestling match. The thanks Kevin, thanks chance filled the Hammerstein ballroom.
2: Yeah, no, that was one of the best things about P-Dubs was like watching him get those chance also yeah. we have to mention this the fucking festival of friendship
1: oh my gosh
2: like we can't get out of the segment
1: without that whole run about the that whole, whole run. run the whole run with jericho was great let me reveal to you the art of jericho sculpted in man what is it? What is that? It's, it's the epitome of our friendship, showing how we are intertwined, man. Best friends forever. Do you know how much this cost me? $7,000, man. 7 7,000. That costs you
2: $7,000. WWE gets that kind of thing. It's like 50/50 on whether or not they get it right, and it all yeah. depends on the people in the ring and how they commit to it and how they're able to deliver it. And that night, they want it. Fucking fire. Yes. I to me, it's right up there with rock, this is your life. Honestly. It's right up there with that for me.
1: Yep. A hundred percent. It's so good. And you know, it makes you think were Kevin Owens to to have his contract expire and he were he to go to AEW, he's got a ready made program with Chris Jericho, mm-hmm. which again. Doesn't help AEW's problem of establishing their own identity, but would be really fun to see because the two of them would work well together. And he's working us.
2: He's working us right now. Like he did that promo where he was like, "Whether I'm here in three months, when his contract is up, or whether I'm here in three years, if he negotiates, um, he changed his coordinates on Twitter to the coordinates of Mount Rushmore, which is um like a stable that he was in with like the Young Bucks and like other folks um, where they were like the Mount Rushmore of wrestling, like back on Mm -hmm. the indies. He is totally working us right now. So some people are taking it as a tease and some people are taking it as a work. I don't care which one it is. You got me. I'm paying attention. We'll see.
1: What do you want as a fan? What would you like to see the most? Would you like to see him stay where he is or would you like to see him go somewhere else?
2: What I want to see for him the most is I want him to have an actual universal championship run. That's what I want. But, and I want like a run run. Not a like, I win it on fucking Sunday and then I lose it on Tuesday. Like, I want him to have a run. And if we're not going to get that, and a run where he's supported, if we're not going to get that, then I want him to go where he's going to be happy and where he feels supported. And if that means back to the Indies, if that means... AEW, this is the way I feel about every wrestler. I want you to go where you feel like you can do the best work. Um, More wrestling is good. Less wrestling is bad. Mm. Um, But considering how large of a stage WWE is and how that is the dream of everyone, what I want from them is before you ever go, I want you to have that chance to be the biggest wrestler in the world for like months because he earned it.
1: Yeah. I'd like to see that too. In terms of the potential. I mean, there are a lot of great opponents he could have over Mm -hmm. in, in a W most of whom he's wrestled before in one way or another, some of whom he hasn't wrestled before Mm -hmm. on the WWE side, him having the world championship there at this point in time, just as a matter of fact, means more than having the AEW world championship. It just does because one company has been around for, for a hell of a lot longer.
2: But a benefit of him moving is that we might be able to get the Kevin Steen show again, which is if you have not seen, have you seen the Kevin Steen show? Mm -mm. He used to have a YouTube show where he would have like people on and they would discuss wrestling and other stuff. It was just like a casual, like almost podcast podcast so fun
1: (laughs) Kevin Owens deserves all the love he can get wherever his career takes him next we will be watching unless it's on YouTube so if you want to add to the conversation find tights and fights on Facebook Twitter and Instagram links to all of those are in our show notes when we come back we're going to talk about even more things you should know about in wrestling that's coming up on tights and fights Look, it's a rough world out there, especially lately. I get it. So let's take care of our minds as best we can. I'm John Moe, host of Depression Mode with John Moe. Every week, I talk with comedians, actors, writers, musicians, doctors, therapists, and everyday folks about the obstacles that our world and our brains throw in front of us. Depression, anxiety, traumatic stress, all those mental health challenges that are way more common and more treatable than you might think. the first time i went to therapy i was so ashamed and i was like can't believe
2: i gotta go into therapy." like i thought i could be a man and humphrey bogart was never in therapy and then my dad said yeah but he smoked a carton of cigarettes a day
1: give your mind a break give yourself a break and join me for depression mode with john moe Welcome back to Titan Fights. I'm Hal Loveland and I'm joined today by
2: Danielle Radford.
1: I'm making a guest appearance for this segment, Julian Burrell. Correct. Oh yeah, you got that one right. Good job. This <laughs> week, you said it was so much question. you were like <laughs> Julian Burrell. <laughs> yes. Am I? <laughs> stand, stand strong before we even before I even intro the segment. What are we up to on the bench? Oh
0: gosh, what are we, what I are we been pressing now? a while, <laughs> I've I've done. It's cars now. I'm out to feeling normal. So we'll, we'll we'll see. Maybe this week will be my return. <laughs>
1: well you look like a billion dollars i'll tell you that right now <laughs>
2: you got a new haircut oh, yeah okay. that's and, the right. you've got, you're, and you're working the beard which is like very new. well and you grew that beard in like two fucking weeks yeah uh, we'll
1: even see. the beard is is muscular do you you're like uh you look like the Your coolest wife? professor on a college campus like the one who's class it's like,
2: like no please mr burrell is my dad's name
1: <laughs> yeah Come Julian, I've never sat at my desk. I always sit on it.
2: <laughs> or you take a chair and you and turn it around it. Yeah. and you sit yeah. on it. I've yeah. never
1: sat in a chair front ways either.
0: Yeah. It's like, don't worry anyway, guys. I wear my blazer and with yeah. patches on it and jeans so you can tell I'm approachable <laughs> yet dignified.
1: <laughs> <laughs> this week we want to showcase some of the things in wrestling that brought us joy in a segment we call the three count. Danielle, what would you like to put over?
2: Um, you know me. I'm gonna put over a tweet. Um, so it. it's going to start with Sami Zayn, who just tweeted out of nowhere. Scary Spice just called me a pussy. <laughs> what? Uh, no, Scary Spice just called me a pussy, and then guess who responded? Scary, Scary spice. Fucking spice. Mel B. Who? Who? Mel. Oh, Mel B, my dude. Um, who responded with "Damn right," because you were one. Uh, and then Sammy responded with, Since the Spice Girls ruled, I'll cut you a break. I'll move on and even ignore how your insults toward me adhere to a warped social framing of masculinity. If you apologize to me here on Twitter right now, make it heartfelt so we can put this episode behind us. Um, this episode. <laughs> um, uh, Melby as of this recording has not yet responded oh. with an apology. Um, but she has also tweeted Sasha Banks and said, I want to walk out with you, please. So this was the day that I found out that fucking scary spice is a goddamn Mark um and every part of my little 90s heart is coming together and merging into one and it is the best thing that's ever happened to me scary spice is a fucking mark and like no one knows the context of this nor will they ever learn the context of this and i do not care all i want is scary spice on fucking smackdown
1: i wonder if mel b and and mel jh talk about wwe shows after they have it, because melissa joan hart is like her twitter account is basically a wwe fan account
2: oh well well i mean uh, uh fucking the same for topanga we know this
1: did, yeah i don't know did
0: anybody ever star in a spice girls uh music video it feels like that might have happened see
2: this is why every time someone's like women don't like wrestling i'm like what you fuck are you talking about like tons of women talk about wrestling yeah. all the fucking time
1: isn't ryback the main character in two become one
2: <laughs> i hate you so much <laughs>
1: Wake up, <laughs> it's singing
2: time. <laughs> when the two both eat one.
1: No. <laughs> I'm putting over, uh speaking of old school, I-, I appreciate a good reference. And I heard one on SmackDown during the restart of the Naomi-Shayna Baszler match mm. from, I believe it was Michael Cole to the, the authority figure I grew up with at WWF, who is heard from sometimes but very rarely seen. Here it is.
2: I, I understand you're upset. I understand you're upset, but the rules are the rules. And I have no choice but to restart the match. Oh, a... Where's Jack Tunney? Sonya Deville's just making up rules around here now.
1: WWE President Jack Tunney, gone but not forgotten. We will miss your maroon jacket and emotionless delivery whenever also, you appeared. I do
2: Also, I do want to give a shout-out. Michael Cole is uh, experiencing hearing loss, so I do want to give a shout-out to uh, how well he's still doing and having to deal with hearing aids and all that stuff. I can't imagine that's very easy when dealing with a crowd.
1: Good for him. I was not aware of that.
0: Decades of having been screaming to your ear.
1: Like yeah, and being here. at crowds. I mean, you're sitting in shouting arenas multiple times yeah julian you joined us you must have something to put over
0: i do i have uh first off start off with the thing that's more conventional i was uh i really loved seeing uh uh dante martin and uh leo rush Fucking team yes. together against uh Yes, Sidal, but also, but mostly um, <laughs> Lee Moriarty. Uh, let's face it; uh, I thought they they did fantastic. I hope Leo and Dante are going to continue to work together. Yeah. I hope that uh, Lee Moriarty. I hope they. I hope they know what they have with him, and that they don't waste too much time uh, figuring out how they can maximize how great that guy is. The other thing that I really, really wanted to put over was something the positive that came out of uh, Tony Khan and his uh, head assery from earlier <laughs> this yeah. week. I've been very disappointed by those uh, calls, the media scrums that AEW has, because most of them feel very like, Tony Khan, how did you make such an amazing, wonderful company in such a short amount of time? And that's so, I, I get that those people are probably doing their jobs and they're like, whatever, but it's like, those are, it's like your opportunity to ask questions of the, of like, somebody who has a lot of sway and is in charge of a lot of people's money. So I was very pleased when Ella J actually asked a question that I think was very important. And when Tony Khan gave that stupid answer, I was very disappointed. But what I really loved was seeing how many people in the immediate aftermath came by to lift up Ella J as someone who is very good at her job and was just asking a very simple question and who should continue to do all the good work that she has been doing. And you know what, if those people, you know, kind of want to put their money where their mouth is. I would love if they're the ones, you know, more people should be asking Tony Khan about more, um, about more women's wrestling on his brand. Like don't let him just kind of like, if he's just going to, if he's getting skittish about this, you know, hold his, hold his feet to the fire, speak truth to power. It's like the, as somebody who did used to be a journalist, one of the most important things is to make if people are scared of answering a question, you know, make them answer that question. As long as it's, you know, you know what your intentions are and they should be good. So Yeah, really love Ella J. Proud of her. I hope more people kind of follow her lead and ask about some women's wrestling when you're on these media calls and the media scrums.
1: That does it for this episode of Tights and Fights. This week, your hosts will Danielle Radford and me, Hal Lublin, who you can follow on social media at Hal Lublin to find all the cool things that I'm up to. Danielle?
2: For Dimension 20, we just announced that the Misfits in Magic holiday special is coming up. We are very excited. We had such a fun time doing it. A little bit of the the behind-the-scenes stuff. I had the worst food poisoning I've ever had during that shoot to the point where every time we took a break or had to do a new take, I was running to the bathroom to puke. Hair and makeup made me look amazing. I was so engaged, but like part of me is always like, I think I look bored. It's like, no, I'm not bored. I'm trying not to throw up. And the whole time they're like, everyone's grabbing me fucking Tums and Alka-Seltzer and <laughs> uh, like Pepto-Bismol, like we're all trying to like get my tummy back in turn. I think I ate a bad onion during the onion recall. It was not good, but the show was amazing. So I really hope everyone turns out. And again, watch Honest Trailers because Honest Trailers are good and fun. Lindsay Kelk, if you live in the UK, in the Isles area, Lindsay Kelk is a to your town to promote her book on a night like this. If you want to meet her, She's been taking pictures with Marks like all week. So go look at her schedule. I think that she's still doing this for another like two weeks. Like she's got a bunch of stuff on tour. So if you are over there in the UK, go check out Lindsay. Go support Lindsay. Buy her book. Um, And then go and uh, wear your best smirk t-shirt and take a picture because she will.
1: Our producer, Julian Burrell, is already playing Christmas music. Same here, buddy. Senior producer at Maximum Fun is Laura Swisher. Mike Eagle is the voice behind our theme music, so we're putting him over for that. Keep up with us all week long on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And why not Discord, too? Links to all of those are in our show notes. If you love what we do, remember to hit those five stars on Apple Podcasts and share us with all your friends. Thank you so much to the Max Fund members who make this show possible. We'll be back next week for more, you guessed it,
0: wrestling.
2: I took notes and stuff too, since Lindsay isn't here and I can't do my usual thing of just coming in with something snarky. <laughs>
1: I'll do that this week. Because I only watched two and a half shows. Show, 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 show the Show, shows. Alright, that's not the song. Shows. <clears throat>
2: doing shows. <laughs> I wish I didn't know that.
0: Maximumfun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist-owned. Audience supported.